father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I'm Coach Kevin Furtado. This is episode 210 uh, with Coach Jan Lahodney. Jan Lahodney is one of the most unique figures in the history of Texas high school sports following a highly successful academic and athletic career in both her small town, hometown high school in Fladonia, Texas, as a scholarship athlete at Temple Junior College in Temple, Texas. Jan went on to play basketball at the University of Texas and graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in English, Health and Physical Education. She received her Master's of Education degree in Administration from the University of Houston in Victoria. Her knowledge of the game and ability to motivate players, coaches, and fans is reflected by her accomplishments. She was inducted into the Texas Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame in May of 1999. National Coach of the Year, 1995 National Federation of Coaches. Texas Association of Basketball Coaches Coach of the Year in 1982, 86, and 1991. Three state championships and seven state runner-up titles. The 1998 UIL Excellence Award compiled a career coaching record, 707 wins and 264 losses. Authored the book, Competitive Drills for Winning Basketball. Featured in a basketball instructional video, A Systematic Approach to Coaching authored the book, Offensive Stats That Win the State Championships, authored the book, Zone and Specialty Defense, written many articles for magazine publications, clinician for coaches and players throughout the state. Coaches, you're going to really enjoy this legendary coach. I think Jan's going to offer a great perspective, particularly the one, uh, I think she has uh, authored probably one of the best books of all time, uh, Competitive Drills for Winning Basketball. I still have it in my library and uh, I use, still use a lot of her system and her drills. I think every coach should have it. So uh, let's welcome Jan Lahadney. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to the Championship yeah. Vision Podcast. And uh, it's Coach Kevin Furtado, episode 210. Um, we have a great guest uh, for us today. 
straight from Texas, uh, Jan Lahudney, hopefully, I know I said it right that time, uh, legendary coach and uh, authored so many great books. Uh, the one book that we're really going to talk about is uh, Competitive Drills for Winning Basketball. I think one of the best books of all time. My good friend, Gene Durden, said that was the first book he purchased. And he is a legendary coach out here in Georgia. And we got my co-host, Pete Acock. So, hey, Jan, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time out for us. Oh, no problem. Pleasure to be here. Coach, talk about um, what led you into coaching. I know you started in 1969. I was born in 64. So, uh, Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us about how you got into coaching and what led you to such a great career. Well, I actually wasn't going to coach at the beginning. I mean, academics are real important in my life. I graduated valedictorian of my class. Now, don't get too impressed. There were only 21 people in my graduating <laughs> class. So I'm going, man, if I can't be the smartest one of 21 people, I'm not too smart. But anyway, I went on to play basketball at Temple Junior College. And that was a great experience. I got to play in two national AAU tournaments. You know, back then we played against the women. And National Business College was the ones, you know, that they hired people for the business school so that they could have this competitive team. They were awesome. And from there, I received some scholarship offers out of state. But I was a diehard Longhorn fan all my life and lived 65 miles from Austin. So I decided to go to Austin. And I played there um, on well, they were in their second year as a program. Of course, no scholarships. I mean, everybody that played there with me, we were there for academic reasons. And most of us were small school um, people because the big schools weren't playing basketball. Um, it was only the 1A, 2A, 3As that were playing. And um, so anyway, I was gonna major, well, I started off majoring in um, math and English and then I felt that I was gonna be bored to death just being in a room teaching math or whatever. So I told my mom, the middle of my junior year, I was changing <laughs> to PE major and uh, English. And I came out, well, this is an interesting thing too. I tore my Achilles tendon uh, my junior year at the University of Texas. It grew together with scar tissue, so I had to have surgery. And I actually started coaching on crutches in a little town called Shiner. Shiner, Texas, have you heard of Shiner beer? <laughs> you, you know about no, Shiner beer? I have not. You've never heard of Shiner beer? I, I know, I must be missing out. God, I'm unbelievable. Okay, so they, yeah. have the littlest, they had the littlest brewery in Texas. And uh, Anyway, they hired me on crutches, basically because I'm Czechoslovakian, Bohemian, I can talk the language and drink the beer. And uh, so anyway, I got hired there on crutches and uh, got one district, uh, my third, well, we got beat in the regional finals my third year that I was coaching there. Fifth year, we went to state. And a year later, two years later, Victoria came calling and they were a premier basketball, girls basketball program at the time. So anyway, that's how it all happened. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that, Jan. And I, I really want to um, I want to talk about the great mentors in your life because there's so many great coaches I have interviewed, and I know you know uh, Rhonda Farney. I know you know Rhonda, Coach Farney, uh, Joe Lombard, the great coach out of Canyon. Matter of fact, he's sending me a little bit of a video of what he's doing with his uh, his player. We're doing a little clinic, and uh, what some great coaches in Texas. Tell us about Texas basketball. Well, Texas basketball, I mean, girls basketball really has been around for a long time in Texas. And we're kind of trying to get a history of the program together uh, because the UIL, University Interscholastic League, uh, who governs our sports, uh, is going to be celebrating their 100th year anniversary. And so we've been getting together and meeting with the old timers we did a little Zoom meeting, you know, with a lot of the old timers that were very successful. One of the ones, some people have never heard of them because they're young like you, you know, they don't remember the old timers even here in Texas. But there was a guy uh, that coached at Moulton High School. His name was Tommy Hoyer. He's in a resting home in um, Goldway, Texas. But I kind of idolized him because he was eight miles down the road from me and was going to the state tournament year after year. And I was kind of begging my parents, like, can I go to Moulton? Can't y'all get me transferred over to Moulton High School? Because I wanted to play, you know, for a state team. But um, anyway, he was one of my first mentors. And it, hey, this is interesting too, as I'm writing the stuff up for the UIL and things, I keep thinking about how you copycat. Okay, so when I went to Shiner, I got into a really tough district. And back then, only one school came out. It's not like four schools coming out now. So he was running a weave offense, and it was real famous up in the panhandle. Sundown High School ran that weave, and I don't know how many state championships they won with it. But anyway, Tommy started running the weave, and I kept watching it. And I'm going, well, okay, I got this good freshman class coming up. So I'm gonna start running the same offense as he did. So I finally beat him with it in the third year. So what you're doing in your JV and with your freshman program is really important. Mm -hmm. And I always took the philosophy, I fight fire with fire. Okay, I'm gonna take a weave offense and run it against him because obviously it's working for him in practice. So <laughs> I, 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 he must have problems with it defensively. So that's kind of uh, the philosophy I got there. There was a lady that was coaching in Victoria by the name of Wanda, ben Wanda Bender. And um, I'd come up and watch her practices and she told me something that was really important. She said, Jan, if you will practice one-on-one, two-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-two, three-on-three, every day your team will you know, improve by leaps and bounds. And so, yes, you'll find that in my book that I, you know, stress those fundamental skills, you know, every day, regardless of the kind of athletes I have or whatever. Um, so those were my two main ones. There was a lady out of Houston, Janie Fitzgerald, that had won the state championship in Angleton. And uh, I just went and tried to learn as much as I could from everybody. Uh, Jody Conrad, of course, I mean, she held clinics. Um, very interesting. I think the best clinic that Dean Weiss came down from the Panhandle and did a clinic in our area. And they did a clinic where the coaches actually got on the floor and they took us through drills. 
Well, that was the first time I really understood what cover out meant. I mean, we I've always been taught it's sagging defense. Well, when I had to get in the cover out stance, now it started making sense to me. So when I did clinics, I started doing participation clinics. So the coaches would get on the floor and actually go through the drills themselves. Um, so yes, he was a big mentor of mine. Um, Dean Weiss and um, Dean Foshi, he coached at Sweeney. Uh, these were panhandle, well, panhandle coaches that had come down to Texas. So yeah, those are my main mentors. Yes, and before Pete, before I have you ask her a question, I actually, uh, I'm a big fan of Dean Weiss, Rhonda Farney, uh, Jerry Finkbeiner. Uh, Rhonda's uh, doing what we call the twilight, she runs the twilight zone defense. And Dean Weiss calls it the combination press, I think it is. Um, so I'm trying to get a hold of Dean to learn because Pete knows I'm a pressing coach. So I'm learning from the greats, Pete. Hey, Pete, what do you have for Jan? What's a good question for Jan about her past? Well, she was talking about fighting fire with fire. And over the years, I learned that myself. Uh, we were, we did the Loyola Marymount before Loyola Marymount. We actually <laughs> ran that system wide open. Do you remember that team, Loyola Marymount? Oh, I do. We ran that system. And guess what we hated more than anything else? Somebody, somebody doing it back to you. that pressed us. <laughs> and it gave us fits, and that made me a better basketball player. Well, exactly that's true. right. And it was fire with fire, and it slowed. Yeah, it slowed us down. And we, what I started doing was after misses, we would get in the 1-3-1, which is the best way to stop a fast break, you know, at the half court line and learn from that. But no, that fire with fire is true. You that is, that is very offense. true. I started doing that in about 1970. Yes, what? I started doing that with my boys, but then I just gave up on it. But now I look at the pros and guess what they're running? A one three one <laughs> to stop the fast break, or they're running the Loyola. <laughs> Did I lose? <laughs> Did I yeah. lose audio? But we had a good time with it. But yeah. Now I want to ask you a question. You asked me if I'd heard of Shiner. I want to know if you ever heard of Bogachita, Mississippi. Gosh, spell that. <laughs> How do you spell that? <laughs> I forgot. The point is, they had one of the most dominant, maybe the most dominant program in the state of Mississippi, and they just had a handful of kids in that little school. It was a <laughs> tiny little school. Well, but, that's the way it is here. Some of our best programs, well, especially in the boys' ranks, where they're not playing football, I mean, they do have some of the most powerful basketball teams in those small classifications and girls also. Yeah, that's so true. Um, that works. Yeah, go ahead. Let me, let me jump in really quick, Pete. Um, hey, Jan, uh, and, and Pete's going to jump in and, and uh, he has so much knowledge of the game. I think you're going to really appreciate what he's going to offer. Um, talk about, let's, let's, go, let's go right into the book. Because I want, I'm really promoting your book. I want every coach to have Jan's book in their, in their bookshelf. Um, 
Talk about the beginning, the philosophy of competition and practice. You gotta have that. You gotta have kids that compete. And I love how you presented it in your book. Well, thank you. It, it is an interesting story. Okay, so I was in Shiner, young coach, and I would, <laughs> one of my friends set me up on a blind date with a football assistant coach from Refurio High School. And Refurio has been a perennial football powerhouse, you know, from the time I was in elementary school. And during that date, we started talking about, I started asking him, what is the one thing you think that really keeps y'all, you know, at the top level year after year? And he said, it's because we do everything in competition. And he was talking about, okay, I remember this one particular thing. He said, okay, we'll get two guys lined up and they have a tire above their head and they have to run to the other end of the field with that tire and anything goes. I mean, they throw tires at each other or whatever. No matter how they get there, the loser has to run and the winner gets a water break or whatever. And I was going, this is such a good idea. So anyway, that is how or what inspired me to have this competitive uh, system that I use and it, I, it, it really is it's, it's very it, it, it brings the fire out in the kids it's really really good and you know in that book I talk about earning your uniform mm -hmm. okay I created that after I had read an article from a cross-country coach that was talking about they don't just hand the kids their uniform when they walk <laughs> out on the field they make them earn it. They have to run so many miles before they get their shirt and blah, blah, and all that kind of thing. So we developed this earn your uniform uh, system and we're, we're implementing it now. Uh, and, you know, have a skills test. And I actually stole that from a lady that was a volleyball coach. So sports kind of, you know, overlap each other. And uh, I used to award my players stars on the back of their warm-up jackets these velcro stars okay and i'm i'd use that because the football players get these things on their helmets you know for tackles and all that so we give them to our players like if they got a five second count you know and those kinds of things hey my friends would go do you really like that it looks so tacky all that all those stars <laughs> on the back i don't care i liked it the kids loved it they worked for it so they couldn't even get their nameplate for their warm-up jacket, uh, unless they met a certain criteria. Like they had to make 18 out of 20 free throws before they could even get their name across the back of their jacket. So you gotta, you know, you gotta <laughs> motivate people to really pay attention to what you're saying and the tiniest of details. And that's been driving me crazy this week. They, they get in a good cover out stance, but then they don't have their hands, you know, towards the ball and those kinds of things. But basically that's uh, what I started implementing and it has worked real well. Yeah, I, I wanna add into that because I tell you what I really love about your system. Uh, you call it the blueprint for success. And I, I think blueprint is a great term for coaches to utilize um, is your details on, you don't, you don't compete just for wins and losses. You compete also for correct execution of techniques, right, right, Jen? Oh, yes. I mean, man, I'm a stickler on it. I mean, I got every drill down and, you know, all the points of execution that has to be done perfectly. 
and we evaluate them every day, every day. I put it up on a bulletin board where the kids are just, you know, they're all over that bulletin board exactly. wanting to know, you know, I reward them with stickers and all sorts of things. And, and they want to know, and they're interested. You know, if you criticize them on something, you know, I, have, I use a lot of abbreviations. It's easy for me because, I mean, I wrote the book and, you know, like they're not looking over their shoulders and cover out. I mean, you got to see ball, you got to see man. So I'll put LS and sometimes they don't understand, although they have the criteria right there. But um, anyway, it it's a good system. It works for me. Uh, I used to videotape my practices and then I'd watch the video and critique, you know, I mean, when they came in after um, for athletics after school, you know, we have athletic periods here in Texas. And anyway, when they came in, they were eager to see what the critique was. And then in 1984, my son was born. And all of a sudden, I didn't have time to watch that video <laughs> in sure. the afternoon. I had things I had to do. So I started critiquing. I'd have a manager walk around with me and we had the mass chart drill up and name of the drill and I'd be going, I mean, they're reaching with the wrong hand. I mean, they, they're not in the correct stance, you know, as they're guarding the dribbler. So anyway, they'd be marking all this stuff and, and I did it that way. And so now I'm kind of walking around and eyeballing it. Old grandma doesn't move around on the court much, so she doesn't do a lot of demonstrating. I told Yolanda the other day, how dare you humiliate me in front of the freshmen. She goes, hey, we're going to do the zigzag full court drill down the court. Here I am, 73 years old, against this 55-year-old All-American. And um, hey, I did okay dripping to the right, but then when I had to go to the left, oh my God, I, I lost the ball. My trifocals didn't pick it up. And, <laughs> Yolanda's behind me just died laughing. Oh, man. Yolanda, how dare you humiliate me? I haven't dribbled with my left hand in 20-something years. <laughs> but Yolanda's still a great demonstrator. She can sure. still, she can do it still. Not me, not me anymore. I was trying to do a rebound drill. You know, we have a drill in the book that's called Killer Drill. Yeah, Two kids sure. get right next to each other, you know, Coach shoots the ball up and then they get after it, make or miss, you know, you got to keep putting it up for a minute or whatever. So I had them lined up, you know, my second <laughs> week of school here after retirement, man, I got them next to each other. Hey, I shoot the ball up and I hit them in the back of the head. <laughs> I couldn't even reach the rim. I've had <laughs> shoulder replacement surgery and the physical therapist always complained that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to. Well, I learned my lesson. I have no range. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, Jen. I want to add to that because I still think us coaches, I think it's overrated that coaches have to demonstrate. What I do, and I can still demonstrate, but I use my top players as demonstration, and I, I talk them through it. For example, I have a, some great guards. If we want to work on our hop shooting, I can talk them through it, and that's another way that not every coach has to be a great demonstrator, right? Well, you know, really and truly, I mean, I thought the worst thing that ever happened to me was having my Achilles tendon torn and then having to have surgery and being on crutches. You know, when I started coaching, 
because man, I mean, it was so frustrating. I mean, I thought, man, if I could just jump out of these crutches and get out there and show them. But you know, it turned out to be a godsend blessing. And I talk about that all the time because I had to sit and I had to talk. I had to talk them through it. Because you know me, otherwise, I mean, I was so competitive. I'd have had the best players on the floor and trying to beat them every day instead of watching them and trying to make them better. So I think it helped me. It helped me a lot. And yes, oh, definitely. Hey, I, when I try to demonstrate now, I look like old people dancing. You ever go to a dance with old people at a nursing home? That's how I look playing basketball now. That's it's a nice. mess. <laughs> Coach P, uh, you have a question about, because I know you're about competitive practices, Coach. Talk about, ask Jan about, or compare, like, what you get done with your competitive practices and what she just said. Well, um, you hit it. You hit the home run in the beginning with that football coach that you went on a date with. He told you basically the key to coaching. I really believe that where everything is competitive. There's a winner and there's a loser and everybody's emotionally involved, especially the coach where it means something to you. Can't remember the coach, but many years ago, he was talking about how he started, this guy won multiple state championships. He started every single practice with three on three at every goal. It's about 18 girls, right? And what they would do, he had a certain score they had to score and there was no foul calling. Oh just boy! Shot. Somebody I'm writing got the ball. it down right now. The other two, ball. you go one on two. Now you can't elbow. You can't hit with your fist. But other than that, like you said, the football coach told you to throw tires if you have to. That's fine. <laughs> but just he said, just anything goes. Says you'll find out who your competitors are. But he he said they started every drill. I mean, every day with that drill. Wasn't done very long now. It was kind of short, but it was three people, one ball, two guard and one. Whoever gets the rebound, the other two are defenders. But the other thing is I think that coaches need to learn something from football coaches. I really believe that. I didn't do a lot of football coaching, but I had a lot of great friends. My program changed when I put in the numbered break. I don't know if you have ever run the numbered break. That's where you assign lanes. That's what yes, we're, we're, we're doing that right now. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> right. Hey, talk to us about that. Thank you. I, I, I think that's, that's the highest level of coaching. Some people just never catch on to it. But it's you've got to know what to do at the end of the break is the thing. And to believe that the kids don't need to think, they need to react. And with the number yes. of breaks, they don't have to do that. They know where they're going. And then you can decide to do anything. I'm going to bring like John Wooden's 2-3 offense, I'm going to bring him up even with the foul line, post player, two wings, and two guards out top, and then go from there, do anything I need to do that what fits my players. But this thing, what you said about them winning and everything, I used to always take my players and I'd give the starting five, uh, we'd scrimmage for four minutes. Four-minute scrimmage is over, and they would be the 6 nothing B team, and we'd start from there. I didn't referee. If you wanted a foul, you had to call it yourself. And most of them were too proud to call a foul. Like if it was a foul against a dribbler, I'd say, well, it doesn't matter whether he fouled you or not. If you used your forearm right, he would have never got to the ball, would he? And, you know, <laughs> where they have to protect the ball, even if they get fouled, it doesn't matter. 
but they would get so hyped up at my second bunch that I would run against them, I, we call them the wild bunch. They got <laughs> two minutes in every, the first three quarters. And they were young kids, just do anything you want to do, take charges, create chaos and havoc. You got two minutes, boys, go get them. And everybody would tell me, said, you can't do that. It's going to run you down. It's the best thing we ever did. I'm telling you, they hit that floor. They were like five little demons out there. And then when you brought the second five back in, guess what? The other team was pretty much gassed. But those <laughs> were right. the same type of things we're talking about. Yeah. And, and it just got to be a big deal, man. They'd get all jacked up. And um, I don't know. I'll, I'll just never forget that. And what I always did with my players as well is I told them, I said, if you put on this uniform now, you get a promise from me. And that is you're going to play in two full quarters every single game. Because if we give you that uniform, it means we believe in you. And, you know, from the B team all the way to varsity, it never failed. It, I don't think it ever hurt us by fulfilling the promise we're going to get you involved in every single game. Oh, yeah. Now, I think it makes them work harder in practice because they know they're going to play every uniform on. Yes. And I love the thing about earning the uniform. Do you ever remember a, a coach? I know I'm talking a long time. They just raise your finger. Oh, no, that's okay. There's a, a swim coach. There was a swim coach at the University of Indiana with Bobby Knight there. And I can't think okay. of his last name. They called him Doc something. But he had won all kind of national championships. And he did this competitive thing with you. And one of the th rewards he had was a jelly bean, a jelly bean. And this guy was a tyrant now. Nobody ever challenged him. I mean, he was a dictator, had a reputation for it. He loved every second of it. He said the only time he ever got challenged in practice was one time a kid won a sprint. And he come and said, I want my jelly bean. Coach said, I don't have any jelly beans. He said, kid went crazy. He said, coach, it's your job. It's your job to make sure I get my jelly bean. What do you mean? You know where I'm going with this. It meant so much to him to get that little reward in just a sprint. It wasn't a big deal. It's something they did every day. But he had to have that. That's like the stars on the back of your warm-ups. Right. See, they come from little things, but those little things are big deals. They're just big deals. And they're big deals with the kids. And it's amazing. I never, I guess I was too lazy to film my practices and stuff like that and look at them. But um, no, I think we need to listen to football coaches. I love that thing about, as soon as you said that I could see those football players out there throwing tires on each other and coming up with ways to win. The, the heavy guys that couldn't run had to find a way, didn't they? <laughs> yes, they I did. Think that's, uh, that's just great. <laughs> Yeah. Well, y'all stay with that number great. Now, do y'all run after maids? Oh, I will. <laughs> That's great. Y'all <laughs> go ahead, run after maids. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time 
in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential. Okay, say these little stickers. <laughs> hey, we put, give them yeah. to the kids that come to strength and conditioning after school. Mm -hmm. Oh my word. I mean, I get five pages of these for a dollar and you would think that I was giving them an Olympic gold medal if they get one of these stickers. So anyway, yes, you gotta, you have to have a lot of incentives. He, uh, Coach was talking about something that I, I thought was very interesting. There was a, you know, basketball in the Fort Worth, Dallas area. Uh, the boys basketball is really good. Girls basketball, it was very good too. And it came on slowly because they started a lot later than the country schools. But anyway, there was a coach that he'd, he'd won several state championships, and I heard him talking at the men's coaching school. We used to be separated. We're together now. But anyway, he was talking about that he would take his varsity team, and he'd take his underclassmen, and the varsity team had to score 100 points in full scrimmage every day against the JV and the freshmen. So, hey, I thought it was such a cool idea, and I had a really good team, and then I had a group that was – well, they had they done well in junior high, but they were kind of heavy set and slow and all that. And they were freshmen and they still remind me of this. Although I vacation with them, they're one of my favorite groups. We go on cruises and things together. They said they were sitting there on the stage and I looked over there, I was trying to score a hundred points. I said, give me some of that fresh meat to put out here on this floor. My lines are hungry. <laughs> they said, oh God, that made them so mad. But lo and behold, they overachieved. They overachieved. They uh, were state runner-up, lost on the last second shot their senior year. So anyway, we can laugh about that fresh meat now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's good. That is good. Good, good stuff. Coach, hey, can you um, talk about, you, all, you mentioned that you, you're all about Give it a hundred percent effort in every drill. Um, I don't think coaches prepare practices well enough, and you do a great job, kind of showing coaches how to design, uh, you know, objectives, all that. Can you kind of quickly, kind of briefly, go over how do you design a competitive practice? I I don't think many coaches actually really focus on that. You're talking about my daily workouts. Uh, yes, just just. How do you how do you kind of structure a practice focusing? Hey, because one of your objectives is you want to have every drill. You want your kids given 100 percent effort. Right. Well, you know, it's all written down in my you know, I had a daily uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday defensive workout, Tuesday, Thursday, offensive workout and after school workout. And it never changed. I mean, when you came to my practice, you knew exactly what was going to happen and how, how it was going to go. And I, I will admit this, we cannot do that anymore because the kids get too bored. Today's kids, they are different that way. Yolanda's behind me and she knows. But thank God, Yolanda, I mean, now y'all are so lucky y'all have all these videos of all these drills and all this kind of stuff. So we can take the same thing that we want to teach, okay? Like two on one, you know, okay, we're trying to do two on one drill or whatever. 
Well, I mean, she found this thing with these three players line up on the baseline and they put three cones up at the midcourt line and the guy on the right side has to dribble around the cone. The guy's got her on the left side, got to run around the cone. The middle guys, the defender, got to run around the cone and come back down and execute, you know, two on one. Well, they think that's grand. And they'd have been complaining if we'd have been do doing our regular old two on one, three on two break. So a little bit of variety, you know, is a big incentive for kids nowadays. And so, yes, I'm having to change that up. But uh, basically, I just took my philosophy, you know, I, I believe in daily form shooting, you know, that's always a part of my workout. After school, you know, well, you got to practice the layups and stuff. I was so dumb when I first started coaching. Oh, man, I would just go ballistic. If they missed a shot under the basket, I'd go insane. <laughs> and, you know me, so arrogant out of yeah. point. Good God, I got you a play and I got you a shot right under the basket and you can't make it or they'd miss a layup. Good Lord, can you not even shoot a layup? Well, guess what? If you don't practice it every day, right. you will miss them. So that's why we did like the 100 under the basket. The winners get to do 100 under the basket shots. They're always layup drills. You do have to repeat layups as simple as that is. So anyway, yeah, that's kind of how I built the program. I, I took the things that I thought were important and I, it, well, of course, I stole a lot of things. You know, the tiger drill, I got that from a boys basketball coach from Midway Waco High School. So I stole a lot of things. Let's say we shared them here. But right. uh, then my offensive philosophy really changed uh, like, oh, I'd say in 84. Dell Harris, who was coaching the Houston Rockets, mm -hmm. he did a clinic nearby. And I'm not kidding you, he was great. He he coaches an offensive philosophy that says if you learn these different concepts six different concepts you know like the high post gets the ball the low post does wing penetration drive the baseline post steps up and in drive middle post goes down and out okay so we taught this well all of a sudden man we were becoming a really good offensive team because we could run anybody set we could run any set we wanted to but we just kept those six basic principles and it gave us a lot of continuity. So yes, he was one of my mentors too. Great man, great philosophy. Did I leave you now? <laughs> Did no, I leave you? no, we're still here, we're still here. <laughs> hey, Jan, talk about, uh, and Pete knows this because he comes to all of our games. He's one, basically uh, definitely one of my mentors, guys that he evaluates my teams all the time. So there's a lot of pressure on me to do things well. I bet. Uh, but, we're, we have a championship level team this year and we have a championship level program, but my team's not very good at rebounding. We're small and we play against teams that are very athletic. Give me some help there on how you would design drills or techniques to make us a better rebounding team. Okay. So you're small. Except for one girl. We have one six foot two girl, but the rest of them oh, are wow. very small. <laughs> so we're not that small, but. You're not that small. <laughs> well, well, hey, you know, we kind of have a similar situation here right now. We have only one big, you know. So uh, we're looking at our number four player to, you know, play in the high post area a lot so we can get some high-low action and do some screen aways. We're, we're doing a double pick away from the ball. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what 
what I did, <laughs> and you may think about this. I don't know if I have the weave in that book or not, the weave offense. I probably you did. did. You did. You did. Yes. Okay. So I, I was using the weave against this team that I said had gone to the state tournament, you know, and we finally beat them using that weave. So when the game went from three player to five player, man, I was real popular in Oklahoma and Iowa and Nebraska and some of those states that were first going from six player to five player because I won the fi first five player, you know, 5A state championship after I'd moaned and groaned about it for years. But anyway, we win it, you know. And so they're going, what are you doing on offense? I said, well, I'm taking my three on three offensive sets and I'm putting two players in there. Right. So I put two post players that weave offense has three outside players and two post players. You know, you can run the tallest one at the five or four or whatever. And it's a nice motion offense. Uh, do you run against a lot of zone? Uh, yes, we do. Actually, most of the teams, the, the really good ones play pressure man to man. The, most of them play zone. Okay, that's pretty much what we end up seeing down here. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, how the game has changed. I, I, one thing that I noticed and it really kind of drove me wild at first okay, they trap on the baseline and, uh, and on the sideline so much more than when, when I first started coaching or when I left the five player game. And that kind of gives you problems because, you know, I kind of like to push the ball down, have my wingman go down to the baseline. But, man, we started having a lot of trouble with us getting trapped on the baseline. So we're trying to keep our wing players up higher, like free throw line extended. But, uh, yeah, if I were you, I would be looking for some motion offense. When I was small, I moved the ball a lot. My post players were probably 5'10". 5'11 at the best. And uh, so we had to have a lot of movement with, the, you know, with our post players. So that's what I might suggest, that you have a lot of motion in your offense. Right. Uh, to get, yeah, to get the defense moving, correct? So you're talking about offensive rebounding. Uh, we, we love to crash with four. We crashed with four girls. And, um, but on defense, though, for some reason, because we play kind of a we play kind of a matchup zone, two two one press, um, uh -huh. and for some it, we don't have, our girls don't pursue the rebounds outside of their territory very good because they're going against quicker teams. So we okay. have, if we don't block out, we're in trouble. So um, that's what we obviously we just got to keep working at it and emphasizing that. But hey, give us one great drill that you do, or just is it what you emphasize? And I emphasize what? Rebounding, uh, rebounding. So is it rebounding more emphasis or is it more drill work? Okay, well, okay, my, you know, let me tell you something that <laughs> one of my coaching friends, uh, Coach of Conroe, and she played for the Wayland Flying Queens, she was a high school um, all-state player and all that. She had the best offensive rebounding team I have ever played against. And I go, Marsha, I said, how uh -huh. do you get your kid? I thought they shot the ball terrible. I mean, they didn't really have very good shooting for them. I mean, they kind of chunked it up there right. two-handed. But, hey, they you never got the – off. I mean, you never got the defensive boards. The offense was always ending up inside you. Right. I said, so what do you teach them? She, 
She goes, you figure it out for yourself. Oh, that burned me up. Yeah, I studied, <laughs> I studied a lot of film. Okay, so what happens on the offensive, if you're trying to get the offensive board, I mean, what I've started telling my kids, my post players underneath, you go all the way under the backboard and come back in. Because, see, people, okay, I'm blocking out, I'm blocking out. Well, now you've already got me turned backwards. My back is now to the baseline as a defensive player. And I, you know, so most defensive players will quit at a certain spot because they're, you know, they're feeling like they're not going to be able to rebound the ball because they'll actually have to do it backwards. So I would set up a drill like that where I'd just have two post players and two defensive players and a, and a, somebody shooting the ball. So we're in cover out down there on the post, the defensive players. Uh -huh. And the offensive players, they got to go. They've got to go and they're going to go all the way under the backboard and come back in. And so we'd like to do that. We also cross block out some. Sure. Okay. Like I'll go, especially on a free throw. If I'm on the left side, I'm going to go and screen the rebounder on the right side, the low rebounder on the right side. And I have my second post player come into the middle. And then I have my point guard or some quick guard shoot the gap on the left side. Of course, you got to wait till the ball comes off the rim. At least it is here before I can shoot that gap. But uh, yeah, that's we do a lot of things like that to get inside. Yeah, because screening on a rebound on a free throw is tough. That is tough. And just rebound drills. Uh, I'm I'm like coach. I mean, it's dog eat dog. But I do line them up. Uh, well, you'll find them in my book, my rebound drills. Mm -hmm. And we rotate too. Okay, we front the if, if we're in a double post set and I'm fronting, say on the right side of the basket. Okay, and the shot goes up. I make my front man rotate, uh, rotate under the basket and take the other rebounder. We will rebound other people's players. So I don't know if that is helping you or not. It does. Yeah, those are some great points, Coach. Um, Coach Pete, can you ask um, Jan? Because Pete's also a very I, – I, I get ideas from him a lot. Do uh, you have any questions for Jan about rebounding, trying to get, become better, or rebound drills? Well, I think, number one, that what we have to do is it's something you have to emphasize. I can't get that football player with the tire over his head fighting those other kids down the field. <laughs> it's just a fight is all it is. Yeah. It's, the issue is are you going to participate in the fight or are you going to stargaze and wait for the ball to come to you? And Kevin knows we have a friend named Glenn Hicks that plays that Loyola Marymount style even to this day. But his thing is simply this. You never accept a blockout. Never. You right. better be fighting that blockout. You do anything you do. You, do, you know how some kids, they get blocked out, and once they realize they're blocked out, they just stop. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of spinning off, fighting off, and just, I think you just got to make it kind of a bloodbath. And uh, <laughs> Barkley, we holler Barkley, Barkley, which means which means wide base, wide top, triangle in front of the forehead, and just go to war. Uh, but know what you were saying, like crossing. I think those things, 
win more close basketball games than, than you, you ever know. I'll never forget, what was it, a year ago, two years ago, where Kevin Durant was under the basket. He's 6'11", and he was in a playoff game. His hands are down, and the ball goes right by his ear. Guy making $20 million a year. <laughs> yes. How does he do that? I don't know. But, but I still think it comes down to challenging them every day. And if the coach – now, I had a manager that every time the ball was shot, he screamed, offside rebound, offside rebound, offside rebound. And, and it makes all the difference in the world because we tried to shoot the ball off the break. Right. But I think it, it's just, you've got to punish the gazer, the ones that just look and wait for the ball to come to them. And I think that especially with – well, women are just as competitive as boys and sometimes more because <laughs> I coach boys and girls. But it's got to be a fight. It's just got to be a – there's a coach that won over 1,000 games in Georgia. His name is Joe Williams, little country school in southwest Georgia. He never taught a rebound drill in his life. But Rufus McDuffie, my point guard, Kevin knows real well, was good friends with him. And he asked him, Joe, how do you get your kids to rebound? He said, we never run a drill. We just talk about it all day long. And his bigs, really? this is what he told his bigs. He said, the only way you're ever going to get the ball is if you rebound it, offense and defense because we're not going to throw it to you. Our perimeter people are going to shoot the ball. And right. if you get a rebound, you get to stick it back. But, and I'm, now, that's old school. But he won over 1,000 games in his career. And that's pretty strong. But I think it's the coaches. I think you've got to get angry, you know, when they don't. We, we've only got two. You got two more rebounds than a dead man. You know, it, things <laughs> like that. Did you see the other night in the pros, Kevin? I know you saw where uh, Anthony Davis mm -hmm. went two games, got two rebounds in each game. Two. He's seven feet tall. Oh two more than a dead man. But anyway, I, I think it's more attitude sure. than anything yeah. else. I, I really but, do. Where, you know, always, it's, you said something a while ago about you inspect every single drill in practice. And you can't expect something that you don't expect with kids, can you? <laughs> you, you just, you have to inspect it. And I think rebounding is so critical. There's two areas in life, and I'm, Kevin, I'm through now, but if you win the, the turnover war, and if you win the rebounding war, you're probably going to win the game. That's my philosophy. But it's got to be an emphasis. Um. Yeah. We tell our we tell our players that hey, a missed shot is like a pass to you. Mm -hmm. You need to go get the rebound and put that sucker in the hole. And uh, so we try to keep that going on offensive philosophy. And you know, talking about different philosophies, Dean Weiss, as we know, has won over a thousand games. You know, and one of the best coaches in the world. He didn't believe in blocking out. He said, "You turn around and go get that ball." Mm -hmm. I mean, see. Uh he he wanted and he always described his players he wanted those girls that looked like greyhounds those tall lanky gals that could turn around and get up there and grab that rebound and be off to the races with it so it you know it varies with coaches philosophies we try to get them to rebound block out till the ball hits the floor we you know we've just put in that drill the other day we have a 
the volleyball coach played uh, semi-professional basketball, as I told you a while ago. And so he had a modified killer drill, which is just like the killer drill, but they didn't get a point unless the ball, the girl blocking out, the ball had to hit the floor. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's, you got to emphasize it. You're right. It's the attitude. You want to mean as a junkyard dog. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Hey, Jan, um, talk about, I, I really like how you explain in your book, your, the rewards and punishments. You have a variety of war, rewards you have for kids. Uh, I think we punish a lot in practice, but we don't reward enough. Talk about that. Oh, I, hey, that's the truth. I mean, you, you can tear down a team if you're always just, you know, dogging them and talking negative. I mean, you've got to be the kind of coach that goes out of their way. Every little thing. I'm walking around the entire time. Well, especially now as an assistant, <laughs> I'm not actually having to run the drill. But, I, I, hey, every kid, if they did one thing well, Mm -hmm. I mean, if they got on the block and did a nice crossover move on our two-on-one, you know, I go over there and pat them on the back. I write it up on sticky sheets, put it on their bulletin boards along with their stickers. I think you absolutely have to give them that compliment all the time or you'll just run a team down. And we were afraid of that, that, you know, we were, we're critiquing now for them to earn their uniform and all they're seeing are the negative things. But we also have to put the positive things up. And so, yes, I think that's real important. And I like the star system for the uniforms. I don't, you know, you don't have to put it on uniforms, but I think it'd be nice to have a, a board somewhere to say, sure. when you've accomplished this, hey, <laughs> I was so crazy when I was young. I'm not as crazy anymore, but hey, okay, we're playing in the Waco tournament. Waco's big Baptist town, you know, and uh, they thought my team was kind of rowdy at the hotel and all that kind of thing. So I told them they, they wanted to stay up till 11 o'clock or something. I said, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Our curfew is normally 10 o'clock, but for every five second count you get on defense, you get five minutes extra. Mm -hmm. Hey, I think we got like 12. I, we stayed up an hour. We were up at midnight. And they put that in the paper, in the Waco paper, in the sports section, that I had rewarded my kids with this extra time up. I was going, oh, my God. And the whole time we were there, the manager was calling us and telling us to get our kids quiet. And I'm rewarding them with extra time. I think you can reward them with extra meals where you're going to eat. Sure. Hey, if you're going to, you know, you play lousy, we pick up stuff at the convenience store. You play good, we might go to Whopper Burger. Oh, that's right, y'all don't know. We got Whopper. Do y'all have Whopper Burger? Uh, not out here, we have Burger King. But. Oh yeah, Burger King. Uh, they tell me Whopper Burger is going out of state now. Y'all should have okay. Whopper Burger pretty quick. All right, we're looking Whataburger. forward to that. Whopper Burger, yeah. Whopper Burger. Okay, yeah, for sure. Uh, they, they give us tickets. They're, they're big basketball people. When we yeah. played out in Corpus Christi, that burger chain actually originated there. And they give us coupons, you know, to come in and spend money there. So they're big supporters of basketball. But yeah, they're supposedly moving into other states when this pandemic is over. I hear, I'm hoping it's over soon, I tell you. Um, of course, everybody says after the election, but you know, I, I don't even know if that's, 
Um, but I, I, I'm hoping it, hoping everything kind of finishes on a positive note. And I wish you guys the best of luck as well on your health. Jan, tell me about um, what we do here. Kind of critique me. We do. We have a board that is called the um, it's called the communication board, um, and we focus on uh, kids who communicate, kids who lead, kids who win, and also kids who coach. We have actually categories for that. So we have we mark it down for kids that are actually coaching the other kids on the floor, and that we really believe in those intangibles. Those kids that are talking a lot on defense. We record that probably more than anything else. I believe in the intangibles. We actually have one for positive body language. So I just believe in those probably even more than skill sometimes. Do you focus on those at your school? A lot of it. <laughs> well, okay. We, we really love your idea, but our on defense, when we're doing help side defense and all that kind of thing, Yolanda makes them holler out everything uh, on our fast break drills, you know, outlet and all that kind of thing. Uh, so, yes, we do some, but maybe we don't reward it as much as we should. Yolanda, that's a good idea. We're stealing that one from you. Thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, do you put it up on the wall? We do. We, we make it just like what you do, Coach. Um, right. But also at the end of practice, whoever has the most points gets reduced sprints. So it's competitive. That's um, good. We got it. We're going to steal it. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our girl, by the end of practice, man, they're coaching. I mean, and it has to be, it has to be real, though. It can't be, it can't be fake. You got to do it for real. But we find the kids really, particularly our girls, they, um, they like the challenge. Well, that's good. Wait, what? How do you model that? Come in here, Yolanda. <laughs> hey, Coach. Uh, Hi, how are you? I'm just good. How are you? Hey, Coach. How do you implement that or model that so they know how to do it? Does we show them. We show them a video of players. We have a, we have a video screen uh, mm -hmm. in our gym and we show them YouTube videos. Um, and we have, we just have, I just have a lot of clips on people that are great communicators, uh, more actually off the court. And we have, we show them like kids, you know, maybe a great pro player, you know, talking on defense, um, people that have great body language. And also we show, poor body language. So I, I, have, a, I have a whole video library of, of different types of clips because they got to see it. But not only, not only that, Yolanda, we, I, have to, I have to exhibit that as well. So my assistant coach, we evaluate each other because a lot of times we don't have good body language. So I mean, so we're all <laughs> accountable. So that's just, that's just all we do. It's kind of a simple thing that I believe in. No, I think, I mean, because I think that's one of the things that um, I think we need to do better, is especially like communicating on the court, you know, um, and, and, you know, I have one, I, I coach my daughter, so she, <laughs> she, her body language with me, you know, sure. like, you, you know, trying to tell her, you know, she's going to play college ball, but 
it's like, look, you, you're, you know, trying to talk to her about her language, her body language. So, I mean, whatever I can use to try to help all of them, it's going to help her as well. So, yeah, this is great. I'm going to, I'm going to steal it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, this is <laughs> the best thing that ever happened to us, man. <laughs> oh, to think that this little book brought this on, man, we got gobs of ideas coming out of this. Hey, that book is the Bible, Jan. That's the Bible right there for basketball coaches. I just want to tell you that. Um, <laughs> well, let me ask you all a question. Yeah, go ahead, Pete. Now, now you know it's out of publication. You have to buy a used one. You got to buy a used one, right, for sure. I have I have the last What's the two. name of it? What? Go ahead, show them, Jan. Pete wants to What's know. What's the thing. name of the book? Can you see it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I got you. Uh, I got you. Anyway, uh, uh, the brand new ones, the the ones that are uh, not used, I got two online, and they sell for $125 each. <laughs> so I asked my son if he wanted one. Oh, God. he goes, yes, he grabbed it up immediately. He wanted that book because I was pregnant at the time with him when I wrote it. And so, yeah, his little name is in there. Boy, he's just so proud of that. <laughs> hey, he's Jim, a, have you ever he's a college well, math? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. He's a, he's a college math professor at the University of Texas in San Antonio. Graduated with a um, doctorate degree in mathematics from Texas Tech and taught at Texas A&M for about 12 years. So Great. anyway, he's well accomplished, but I think he still looks up to his mom a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I didn't get Listen, to coach him. He hated basketball. <laughs> <laughs> One drill that I used with my JUCO team a uh, long time ago, but I, I still would use it today because rebounding is so critical. We've been talking about that so much is that I would always make the top three scores serve the big, the top two rebounders. In other words, when we went to eat, they would have to go and get the trays and bring the food to oh, the top rebounders this. after every game. <laughs> That's and if they got a refill, they would go, they would go get refills. Love it. So <laughs> the people that scored the most points became servers. That's how you tell them that rebounding is the most. Hi, this is Kirk Gilsdorf of Clackamas Community College Women's Basketball, formerly Oregon City High School Girls Basketball. And as a veteran coach, I'm always looking for new ideas, new things to listen to, somewhere I can improve my coaching. And I've discovered the Championship Vision podcast from Kevin Furtado, and it has become my number one go-to podcast each and every week. Kevin brings in guests that provide a unique perspective, whether it's on X's and O's, philosophy, drill work, whatever it might be. Uh, he's going to get something out there that's going to help me as a coach get better. And I think that's what we should all be doing as coaches is helping each other get better. Uh, Kevin himself is, is always hungry to learn. You can sense that in his podcast. And so, again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Championship Vision Podcast. Kevin Furtado, keep up the great work. Most important thing. I love that. Are you <laughs> sure you're not related to me? <laughs> uh, we must be. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, me. But that's a great idea, Yolanda. <laughs> well, we're stealing that one too. I'll tell you, it's that, it's that thing of catching them doing something good 
and always speaking to it. So true. If yes. the coach doesn't speak to it, you might as well be done. You're right. Because what we say to them, it means so much more than what we've ever dreamed. That is and, very true. And they get even even kids that don't play basketball, if you have that kind of a personality, they will look you up <laughs> hoping that you'll point something out good. Uh, absolutely. Really well, I think that's a, that's a great idea because yeah, the yeah, the top scorers, they like to be the first ones in line, et cetera, et cetera. This oh, will give wow. them a little humility and give a lot of motivation to those kids that may not be great scorers, but man, they'll get on the boards. That's great, Yolanda. Exactly man, right. this is worth a <laughs> hey, Thank you. This is worth a, a clinic. We're, we're learning more than we do at our coaching clinics in the center. Because <laughs> y'all are sharing and telling the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we enjoy it. And of course, I used to always, I added something. I added something to that as well. <laughs> I forgot what the criteria was, but it was something where the high scores had to say yes sir and no sir to the top rebounders when we were eating it's you know, just crazy <laughs> stuff like that oh you added <laughs> yes sir and no sir oh wow <laughs> i love it <laughs> I, I don't know if we can get by with that but we sure will try i don't have anything to lose yolanda may be a little bit nervous about that. <laughs> You're gonna have to check with Yolanda on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There. I don't know if y'all know Lita Andrews from uh, Texas. She's one of the winningest coaches in the in the nation. Anyway, when she was coaching down at Cal Allen, if we went down there and we'd lose to Cal Allen early in the season, we would we. And she peaked her teams a lot quicker than I did. We weren't all that great till you know mid district or whatever. But we'd lose to them early in the season, and we there are five schools down in Corpus Christi that were in our district, and we had to pass by Cal Allen High School every time to get to them. So I'd make the kids get get stand up and salute <laughs> towards Cal Allen High School. <laughs> it just aggravated oh, them good. so badly. <laughs> yeah, he's a man. Oh, Lord. That, that is good. That's good. Has to be blood, Ken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are the things that make it. Those are the things that, um, those are the difference makers, right, Jan? I mean, we always think like it's yes. going to be a drill, or it's, it's always the things almost off the court that make a difference, correct? What, I mean, what's your opinion on that? Things that are uh, things that are outside. Oh yes. No, I think I think that's really really important. I mean, uh, I well, I'm, obviously you can tell I like to have a lot of fun. If I'm not having fun, I'm not doing it. But anyway, so yes, I think a lot of things you know have to have a lot to do with that. Um, letting them play their favorite music, all that kind of thing. You know, I mean, the kids are kids. And they want to have a good time. And just the other day, we were doing strength and conditioning in the gym, you know, and we were doing all these cone drills and agility and all that kind of thing. And they had such a good time. They wanted to play this kid's game, something about walking the lines in the gym. And they were just a walking and a walking. And I'm going, good Lord, 
we forget sometimes that they're young, they are young compared to us and they want to have a good time. And I think all of those yes. kinds of things you can do to make them have fun and really enjoy the game and say, Hey, they may be, a, they call me Mima. They call me Mima, their grandma. Mima <laughs> may be old, but she's still a lot of fun. So anyway, I think those are really, really important things. And I think, I think that, uh, a lot of young coaches sometimes are hesitant to do that mm -hmm. because, you know, I mean, everybody's don't get involved with the kids. Don't get involved with the kids, you know, and all that kind of thing. Well, the older I get, the crazier I can, I can act because I'm pretty harmless. So but anyway, I think that people need to loosen up and let kids have a good time. I've, I've never seen a good coach that, that wasn't loose as a goose in some ways. So I think that's some very important things we talked about, things off the court that are very important. What are some things that you and um, you and Yolanda do in your program that are, are part of that, that are like traditional, tra tradition legacy type things where you guys are, that's how you kind of get your kids excited about the program. What do you guys do at your program to kind of get that? Well, Yolanda. Okay, he's talking about what do we do about things that are traditional, you know, that get kids excited about the program. Well, we haven't done it here. I mean, it's different now because of the way the schools are spread out and, you know, more schools. But when I was at Victoria High School, two, feeder, two junior highs fit into mine. So we had a big sister, little sister program. Okay. Okay, so the varsity players, they had JV players that were their little sisters. Okay, the JV had freshman players that were their little sisters. The freshmen had eighth graders were little sisters. Eighth graders, little sisters. So anyway, these junior high kids have come to the game and they're going, oh my God, that that's like my aunt, that's like a relative of mine, you know, Karen Gaston, she's all-state player. Yolanda Wimbish, all-state player. And oh my gosh, hey, her little sister is my big sister, you know? So we had that that was going on. And I thought that was really important to the kids. Uh, we used to do sleep-ins. I mean, you know, I was crazy. We, hey, I had Mary Kay Cosmetics come to the gym to teach the girls how to put on makeup. We had a slumber party. I had 48 kids in there. Man, some of them had never been taught how to put on makeup. Oh my goodness gracious. But anyway, just things like that, things that are it, things that are important to women that maybe they're not being taught at home. You know, they, you know, I like my girls to look good. I do. I tell them, hey, you dress up for a date. This is the big dance. You dress up for a dance. This is the big dance. You dress up when you come to the gym to play a basketball game. So I thought those kinds of things were important. I don't know if they can hear you. We have um, we have a Lady Titan Day or a night or whatever. And so basically in the beginning of the year, uh, we'll do like some team building stuff. It's always different though, because I have a friend, uh, my cousin who's very good at that. So we'll do some different types of things with all, I've done it just with varsity and I've, all, I've also done it with all three teams. And so we've had some very powerful moments um, of doing this where kids, I mean, we had one where um, I can remember was so profound where it was like um, giving affirmations. 
So the kids were sitting in a circle, you know, and they had to tell the next next person something good about themselves and do I'm telling you those kids were bawling and crying and just I don't know it was just such a I don't know it was a spiritual moment and so we try to continue to do like those types of things and we'll have a theme of you know everything every year a theme is different but it, it's also pertinent to that team and the strengths and weaknesses that we have um so but the lady titan day has been something that our kids are always excited about doing. I don't know if we'll be able to do it this year because of things, but right. uh, that's kind of one of the traditional things that we do every year. I love that. Hey, and coach, we're the Lady Titans as well. So, I mean, hey. Oh, yeah. really? You're kidding. Hey, I love that, Yolanda. Uh, I love how, because I know what I've learned as a male coach, um, and, and particularly with kids nowadays, I don't think they talk to each other as much as we think. And I think within a team setting, um, I think it's good to kind of open the gates, right? To have kids kind of talk and kind of get to know each other. I think we, we, we assume they do, but I don't think kids do enough of that. I love what you're doing there. So what do you call that? You call that like affirmation day or? Or, or it, it just like the theme is different every, every year. Cause I can tell you like my first year, um, we made the kids, they had to, they had to make like their own, like they had to make a poster Mm -hmm. of the things that were important or people or whoever was important to themselves or why you know and so i mean that was a tearjerker you know as well um also too in the past i've also had like where we would have a ball a ball dedication mm -hmm. and so basically what you do is you you would decide who were you going to um uh dedicate this season to and so those were very emotional moments too because there were kids who you know something was going on with their grandparent or whoever and you know that they were emotional and saying I, I i dedicate my season to this person and so basically what we would do every game uh we would take that ball with us and, and it would be with us in you know uh in our locker room and different things it was on the bench with us all those different types of things and so that was something very powerful too I love that. Well, well, I'm stealing back from you guys. I'm going to steal that one as well. I love that. Um, I think it's important to bring a team together. That's great. Hey, I know you guys uh, other stuff you need to do, Jan. I really appreciate you, you and Yolanda coming on. Double duo right there coming on. Um, hey, ask Coach why she kind of took you to the she on that one-on-one -on -one drill. I want to know from her opinion how how she went hard on you on the one-on-one -on -one drill. Well, not really, but I went thinking. I was just like trying to just show them how it's supposed to look a little bit. And so <laughs> I felt so bad after she told me I made her look bad. I would never, ever uh, want to do something like that. I, I right. just want to say to y'all that I am so uh, grateful uh, to the Lord for, for him to allow me to work with someone who taught me basically everything I know. That's right. You know, if, if it had not been for her, I don't think the opportunities um, to go play at the University of Texas and all those different things. So now she's back and I'm still like I'm learning different things. Like I wish and I pray like that I could have the creativity that she has. She is she thinks outside of the box and it's awesome just to be able to be on the other side working with her. And so I'm, I'm just having a blast. Oh, that was a small humiliation. One of my 89 team members that uh, I say I vacation with that team all the time. And 
she's a dentist and I get in the dentist chair and she starts posting on Facebook that look, she's got Jan LaHudney in the dentist chair and is fixing to give me a shot. And they're going, hurt her bad, hurt her real bad. She used to kill us. So yeah, no, that was a small humiliation. Yeah, that's not a that's not a good position to be in right there, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have another I have another one that's a physical therapist, and I had a shoulder replacement, and I I'm the way, worst patient. But anyway, she killed me every time I went into physical therapy. That's why I hate it. I'd rather be spraying the dressing room. It's building up my shoulder a lot better than anything I did there. Right. Okay, we're not going to keep y'all. <laughs> hey, Jam, before you go, give us some final words, because the one thing I, I really respect about you is you've coached from 1969 or 68 or 69 till now. What have you learned that you can share with a new coach coming into the game? Um, what can you share with them? Because you had so much experience and wisdom. What can you share with them? What do I share with what? <laughs> What do I share with my kids? No, what would you share with a new coach coming into coaching this year? What what advice can you give to them just from all your, your years of experience and wisdom? Well, okay, I would tell them first to develop a system. Mm -hmm. I mean, I developed a system of competitive drills. And, and really, <laughs> I got this idea from the blackjack players in Las Vegas. I mean, they have a system. The people that win blackjack in Las Vegas have a system. Sure. And I said, if they have a system that works for them, then surely I can develop a system that works for me. And that is what is explained in the book. I think you have to be systematic. You can't jump around and grab this person's idea and that person's idea. You're going to be a mess. You're going to have too many philosophies. Go find one coach that you want to model yourself after. I went and modeled myself after Tommy Hoyer and the lady at Victoria that told me to do one-on-one, -on -one, blah, blah, blah. It's, it gave me a, a ready-made philosophy that I could change as I go along. And that is what I would tell them. You have got to have one philosophy and you got to stay with it, at least for the year. And it doesn't mean it won't change after a while as you get better, but you better be systematic. Not this, you know, I had coaching friends that, you know, when they first started coaching, they missed 10 layups in a game. So the next practice, they have to make 100 right layups. They have to make 100 left layups. You've wasted a whole practice doing foolishness like that. That could be taken care of just by doing it every day, every, every day, day for two, three minutes. So anyway, that is the advice I would give the young coaches. Go get a mentor. If you don't have a philosophy, start developing one or just copycat one. But we're good copycats down here, man. We've got all kinds of ideas from y'all. Yeah, <laughs> some great coaches out there. That, that's great advice. I love the blackjack analogy. I'm going to, I love that. Um, hey, hey, Pete, what's one final, what's one final words for Jan? Because we really appreciate her coming on and sharing her wisdom. Well, I've just uh, enjoyed this. I can't tell you how much. Uh, it's the off-court things that y'all do and the attitude you have of having a good time. Girls know how to have a good time. Now, boys, not so much. It's, it's really hard with them. 
But one of the things that y'all were talking about a moment ago that I would encourage you in is there's a scripture that's Proverbs 27, 5. Oh, wow. It's Get this. Summed up, it says that if you, <laughs> it says that if you see anything good in someone or you love someone or you like anything they're doing, tell them because you would be better off embarrassing them publicly than loving them or admiring them and not saying it. And so telling your players that if you see something you admire, say it, say it every single time. And I, I think, think that creates beautiful. a lot of positivity if you're all of your kids. Now girls do that better than boys. But it's, oh, it's, I, look that up when you get home. Proverbs 27, 5 says you're better off to publicly embarrass something than to love someone and not tell them or like them, admire them. I, I, I love that. A long way. I love that. Uh, uh, Yolanda is evangelical <laughs> Christian. She knows the Bible back and forth. I'm Bohemian Catholic, so you know we do. We don't know the Bible all that well. <laughs> but, but anyway, when when Yolanda was in school, we had a fellowship well, of Christian. It, it's athletes. not that much difference. The Catholic, <laughs> the Catholics, and the Christians. And we get to go to confession, and all yeah. our sins are forgiven. <laughs> the uh, the Catholic people get to drink. <laughs> well, you know the the Catholic people get to drink, and so I think the Catholics can drink beer, and the Episcopalians can drink beer and liquor. So you know it's a little difference there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, what we had uh, denominations, but uh, <laughs> we had a fellowship of Christian athletes group when I was at Victoria that Yolanda was a part of. We had a beautiful Christian woman that traveled with us and she wrote us like three page letters before games, you know, for the team and always shared scripture with us. And I'll tell you the honest God truth. Wow. I do believe that a lot of those close games were more prayer than skill. <laughs> I've won some never should have happened. So I do believe in the Bible and I am proud that you told me that. <laughs> I'm a good Christian, just Bohemian Catholic. <laughs> yeah, Yolanda's licking that up. <laughs> That's great. So great. That's all right. <laughs> but yes, I think I think girls do. We're uh, girls are. We're going to all be stopped. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> oh wow. All right, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what's the best way? I have a lot of listeners across the country. What's the best way they can get a hold of you or get access to your book? Okay, well, if they want, okay, right now, you know, Hurricane Harvey d destroyed a lot of my hard copy. Okay, okay yeah. so, and I had a lady that used to mail that out, but she moved away. And I, what we're trying to do now, I mean, now that I'm back full-time coaching, I don't know when it'll ha happen. But, okay, a lot of my playbooks, they're diagrams, you know, young coaches. Hey, I'd be selling them at coaching school. And they mean, oh, my gosh, that means I'll have to study. They don't even know how to study a diagram. Yes. So, anyway, I'm going, okay, well, I mean, I've had 10 teams play for the state championship. So, if I if I'm talking about... Uh, the triple post offense. I mean, I have great footage of them doing some great things that I could actually say, okay, this is the diagrams, the triple post offense, and here you'll see it in action. 
our sideline fast break and all of that kind of thing. So that's our next step. And uh, I have a video, you know, the video was really good too. An approach, a systematic approach to coaching. Yes, yes. I want to get access to that. Yeah, it's a really good video. And uh, anyway, uh, that, well, the, we have the master, but we want to put it on digital. Okay. And it's to get permission now, you know, from the, from the sponsors, the people that, you know, invested in that particular, a particular video. But I think that's, you know, that's going to be pretty easy to do. I just got to find the time. Doggone, we got so many ideas now. We don't, we'll never sleep. <laughs> hey, Jan, I, I want to make an offer for you. Pete's son is a videographer. He's actually going to develop our video system for our company. If you want to have that, uh, people, we can have Jason uh, produce that for you. If you're looking for somebody to produce, his son is, is a video producer. He actually did a video for me that he would love to do that for you. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds great. And his name is what? His name is Jason Acock. Uh, he's Pete. He's Coach, Coach Acock's son. And uh, I can give you his number. And uh, he's great. He's a, he's a great video man. And uh, he be somebody who can actually help you with that if you want to reproduce that video. Well, yes, I'd love to. I'd actually love to do that. Okay, uh, don't say my phone number over the. <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> don't give me his. Don't give me his on on this, I, this right. podcast now. <laughs> uh, coach, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for taking the time out for making us coaches better and sharing the game and Yolanda as well. Thank you for um, stepping in and sharing with us. We appreciate what you guys are doing for the game. Hey, it was a blast meeting both of you. Hey, when I get down to Georgia, I'll come with y'all up. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, we're in a beautiful spot out here. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Hurricane country. That's right. I've been around a long time. You need to keep talking basketball until you breathe your last breath. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, it's in my blood. I probably will if the corona doesn't get me. Or the shiner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Y'all take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Thanks take, a lot. Take care, y'all. Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board, the original sideline coaching board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado. Coaches, hello, this is Coach Kevin Furtado. <clears throat> I am the director and uh, founder of Championship Vision Podcast. Uh, we are doing our first annual Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series. Uh, the clinic series is a one-of-a-kind basketball coaching instructional clinic. We'll have the best high school basketball coaches in the country sharing their secrets to their success of their programs. We'll have two types of virtual clinics, lecture and on-court instructional. Both of these will be done to provide you the best instructional resources to improve your basketball program. The lecture series will be a Zoomcast instructional 
<clears throat> program done with the highest of integrity, who have the best high school basketball coaches in the country giving detailed analysis of their programs. The Encore instruction, this will be recorded videos of specific basketball topics done on court from some of the best high school basketball coaches in America. They will be conducting drills and skills with their players in an on-court instructional setting. All of these great coaches are first class. They are all nationally ranked coaches and programs. <clears throat> the clinics will be available on October 30th, 2020. You can purchase any time before that date. The clinics will be emailed to your address on October 30th. You can also purchase the clinics after October 30th on my website at www.championshipvision.org. Here are some of the clinicians and speakers for the clinic. Coach Lynn Farello, head boys basketball coach at Paul VI High School in Chantilly, Virginia. He was a 2020 nationally ranked program, 12th ranked program on Max Prep. His topic will be building all around players. Coach Tim Hayworth, head boys basketball coach at Mayo High School in Louisville, Kentucky, four-time Kentucky State champions, his topic, zone offensive sets. Coach Rob Buechler, head boys basketball coach, Eastern High School, Sardinia, Ohio, topic, off-season skill development. Coach Jerry Finkbeiner, former Utah State, Oral Roberts, and Southern Nazarene University women's basketball coach, the topic, the Twilight Zone defense, which he created. Coach Mike DeVilbus, head women's basketball coach, Lewis and Clark State University and Southern Idaho, former Illinois assistant women's basketball coach, former assistant women's basketball coach, Wisconsin Green Bay University, and current athletic director at Lakeland High School in North Idaho. His topic, the buzz defense. Coach Jeff Graham, head Girls basketball coach at Bilt High School, Bilt, Montana, six times Montana's girls basketball state champion. His topic, individual workouts and competitive shooting. Coach Gene Durden and his son, Kobe Durden, head girls basketball coach, Buford High School, eight-time Georgia High School state champion. Kobe Durden, assistant girls basketball coach at Buford. The topic, Buford's post-pre-practice drills. Coach Danny Brizard. Head boys basketball coach at St. Thomas More Catholic High School, Lafayette, Louisiana. Career record, 1,021 wins and 134 losses. Topics, building a complete program and winning skill development drills. Coach Rhonda Farney, head girls basketball coach at Georgetown High School in Georgetown, Texas. Sixth all-time lead it lists and wins in 1,183. The topic, sustaining success at your program and also the combination press. Coach Joe Lombard, former head girls basketball coach, Canyon High School, Canyon, Texas. 19 state high school state championships in Texas. His topic, full court pressure defense. Coach Stephen Mackey, founder and CEO of Two Words Character Development. Topic, how to develop a character development curriculum at your school. Coach Charlie Miller, head coach with Breakthrough Basketball, founder of Attack Basketball Academy. And also Coach Jim Huber, head coach with Breakthrough Basketball, the topic 
holistic basketball, a unique approach to looking at all aspects of a basketball player, mental, physical, and emotional, and how to integrate all of these in developing a complete basketball player. Coach Jarrett Hunsinger, head girls basketball coach at Boonville High School, and Coach Greg Bisher, head boys basketball coach at La Plata High School in La Plata, Missouri. The topic, the one two, two ball press. Coach Doug Porter, head women's basketball coach, Bethel University, Meshaqua, Indiana. Coach Gary Smith, legendary men's basketball coach at Redlands University in Redlands, California. Topic, coaching the system. Coach Sam Lahudney, inducted into the Texas Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame in May of 1999. The great basketball coach, three state championships in Texas and seven state runner-up titles at Victoria East High School in Texas. Topic, competitive winning basketball drills. Coach Nicole Dixon, head girls basketball coach, Holy Innocent High School, Atlanta, Georgia, 2020 GHSA State Single-A Girls Basketball Champion. Topic, one body, many parts, valuing and empowering coaches and players. And Coach Kevin Furtado, <clears throat> head girls varsity basketball coach at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. The topic, transition offensive drills and hop shooting technique. So if you want access to these, uh, I will be sending out a link to a Google form sheet. You fill out if you want the complete series, $29.99. And if you want individual uh, clinics, it's $4.99. So you can't beat this. You got some of the best coaches in America. Uh, for this price, it's unbelievable. All Zoom clinics, all recorded clinics for you to view. So, hey, I'm looking forward to... Um, having you guys contact me, you can contact me at my email address at furtadok57 at gmail.com, or you can call me at 478-461-4403, the Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series. Stay tuned.